Hello, I'm Big Sean, and you're listening to Wrestling With My Mind, a podcast by Chris Raven. Welcome to Wrestling With My Mind. I am sat here with Ivy. Hello. Wow, that's the quietest (laughs) you've ever been. That was loud. Mm, I'm not sure about that. You're always telling me to use my inside voice. That is true. Here it is. I didn't know I had one. Well... Anyway, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, thank you. Okay. Um, so, we're going to do an interview, and I think we should start at the beginning. Yeah, probably the, the best place. Yeah, usually, isn't it? Yeah. Um, where did you start wrestling, wrestling. that is? Um, started at NCWA um, training school in Rotherham, trained by uh, the mean machine Mark Sanders. Um, you guys might know it better as EBW. So the training school is under NCWA, but the training shows are EBW, Elite British Wrestling. Uh, so I started there oh, four years ago, and then was on shows of three years ago. So training for a year, and then on to shows a year later. Okay, and uh, you've been wrestling there for for a few years. Yeah, four. Um, and how did you put, because you're in sort of like a team, did that start from the beginning or did yeah. you put that together? Yeah, so I've been in the Monsters right from the start. Um, I was brought in initially as like a valet, um, not that that lasted very long, but that was sort of the initial plan, is that I would be brought in as the Monsters valet. They were already a threesome, I believe, when I joined. Um, so my introduction, I used to be like the sound girl before, and my introduction was that one of the monsters would drag me from the sound booth, make it look like I was all helpless and scared. And then I'd give Dirtbag Dave Stewart a nice low blow as he came to rescue me. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I've been in the monsters, still in the monsters now to this day, but um, with them since the start. Okay. And you carry a bat to the ring? I do carry a bat. Why? Because you don't play baseball. What's that about? <laughs> How do you know I don't play baseball? Uh, I might do. I don't think you do. <laughs> I'd be terrible at baseball, <laughs> I imagine. Um, there's, there's literally no story behind the bat. So the bat was originally Sam Kenny's. Um, I don't know why Sam Kenny carried it either. I, I believe that they he used to cosplay him and his ex-girlfriend as Harley Quinn and Joker. Right. So they had various bits and bobs that they would use for these cosplays and I believe the bat was something to do with that. I could be wrong, Sam might be now screaming and saying like what are you talking about but I'm sure <laughs> it's something to do with that and he used to carry it to the ring so then when I valeted him it sort of got handed over to me and then I started putting it in my mouth and unsurprisingly he didn't want it back after that <laughs> point um, so, so then the bat just became mine and yeah, so there's no like exciting story about it. That is is literally I stole it from Sam Kenny. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, now I feel lost without it. <laughs> um, so in EBW, you have a tag partner, and she follows you around a little bit in different promotions. <laughs> hey, I follow her around just as much as she follows me around. But yeah. Um, uh, how did you get sort of together? Again, like I I actually don't know. It just happened. So. I wrestled Ruby um, at EBW quite soon into debuting, I think. It must have been within the first year, if not just into the second year. 
um, and that was when we first met. That's the first time I ever met her. We had a great match, really enjoyed it. Um, and then we just kind of got chatting, you know, whenever we saw one another. And then she had a match at a company called LPW, Leeds Pro Wrestling, I think it's called. Um, and it was with Lexi Olivia from EBW and Alfie Rogue from UKW. And we were discussing it and she just said, you know, you should come down and watch see Lexi or whatever um, and then maybe we could you could be ringside or something for me um, I don't know if she had some naughty plan to get me to be a tag partner and I never knew about it <laughs> thinking about it now maybe that's what's happening um, and when we got there we ended up talking to the promoter I ended up getting put in the match and then the concept of the match was that we were these two sort of bullies and were working together um, we had such a laugh that day it was just constantly giggling, messing about with one another, and it just it just flourished from there. I think a couple of people said, you know, there's no women's tag teams in the UK. Like, crack on with it, do it, and yeah, that's that's how it started. It, it all started from us enjoying ourselves, mm -hmm. going to shows together, that sort of thing, and just being horrible to and people. Being horrible, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get on to um, sort of your character then. Um, the fact that she is a horrible person. <laughs> I don't think that's fair. <laughs> Come on. Sometimes, sometimes I'm a lovely, delightful human. Um, when? <laughs> um, we work as good guys at some promotions. Okay. I know it's hard to believe. But I haven't we do. seen this. We this do. At, um, Iron Fist. All right. Okay. We, we're, we're faces at Iron Fist. Um, or the last time we were there, I did a promo and the promo was like, you're supposed to be a face. I was like, I don't know how to do it. Like, I don't know how I'll be nice to people. It just happens. It just comes out. Um, so we were nice sometimes. There was that time we dressed up as angels. Ironically. I mean, <laughs> you dressed up as angels, but it wasn't very angelic, was it? Angels with baseball bats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, she's not very nice. She's horrible. She's loud. She doesn't like anyone but Ruby. That's it, basically. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you've touched on it a little bit about being a face. Um, do you find being a heel easier? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. It's just... Maybe it's because it's what I've always done, and it's what I'm used to. Um, but for me, psychology-wise, like being a heel is just easier. Um, I would rather be in a match and putting someone else over than doing it for myself like I would rather try and sort of get them the cheer and whatever and that like that to me is just more appealing so maybe because it, that's more appealing I find it easier because like I understand the psychology behind it mm -hmm. um, I don't mind being faced I actually when I do work face I, I come out and I've enjoyed it because it's something different um, but being a heel especially for my character it just fits better yeah um at iron fist where we are face we work a lot of intergender stuff so i tend to and ruby the same tend to just be ourselves but because we're sort of girls beating up guys we can maybe get around it a bit more <laughs> uh, we still have the baseball bats we still shout a lot you know but um it's sort of a different vibe if you like right but yeah definitely being a heel is more me so i, I imagine like annoying people and like being loud and just that's like, it's easier to annoy someone than to get someone to like oh, you, I, I'm, I'm absolutely. assuming. And that's like true in real life as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, and I think that's why when I started, that's I wanted to be a heel because I knew I could 
it's not a good quality to have is it probably <laughs> i knew i could wind people up and and get under the skin and and do what i needed to as a heel okay um and you talked about like intergender sort of wrestling you've done quite a lot of that i love intergender um one mainly being uh, a few videos i've seen of you taking uh, spears from blake oh yeah <laughs> he speared me a few times now yeah I get tricked into this a lot at Elevation. They're the greatest videos I've ever seen. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> they're not, they're, they're awful. They're awful. Like, Blake is a big, big, big guy. Um, he's having a match on Friday, this Friday coming with Brady. Okay. Um, it's a chain match. And I'm slightly worried that I'm going to be there while there's chains and Blake and... I don't want to get speared again. And where's this at? <laughs> Elevation at oh, okay. New Bald Verdon. Um, so yeah, so prepare for another one possibly. It seems to be the norm whenever me and Blake are in a ring together. Cool. Um, so I'll ask you the question that we've been asked by one of, let's say air quotes, fans. Okay. <laughs> um, Kieran Prophet Holmes has asked, um, what's the favourite match you've wrestled? favorite match ever is at fourth generation wrestling with Kaylee Ray um, it's probably not when I watch it back now it's probably not the most technically sound match don't get me wrong but at the time I had absolutely no right being in a ring with Kaylee Ray like she's incredible and I was definitely not ready for that match so going into that match I just wanted to not embarrass myself quite honestly I didn't want to come out of it and Kaylee be like, "What you know? What are you doing? You you're not good enough for this. You're not ready for it." That was my biggest fear. And we went in there, and to say how nervous I was driving up, I drove with Neil Ayrton, the ref Neil, and I don't think I spoke to him or his wife for the entire journey. I thought I was going to be sick in the car ride. I, I felt awful, and I was like, "I'm just not going to do it. I'll just I'll just not go out there." And this I was is your so favorite stressed. match. Favorite match, yeah. <laughs> I was so stressed out because it's Kaylee Ray. I'm not stressed out because, you know, I'm stressed out because I don't want to be rubbish for her and she's incredible. So I'm so stressed out about it. I get there, we plan it all. She's the, I think it was the first time I met her properly. I might have met her in passing, but the first time to sort of, you know, talk to. And she was absolutely incredible. She was so kind to me, looked after me, helped, you know, with the planning and whatever. Um, and then just as I was about to go out, I get this feeling when I'm about to go out for a match where I think, I'm not going to go out. What What are they going to do if I just don't go out? No one can stop me. And I know it's ridiculous, but in that moment, I'm just sort of, I'm panicking. That's what's going mm -hmm. on. I'm nervous and I'm panicking. But in that moment before that match, I wasn't thinking that. I was so chilled out and I was like, what is going on? Like, I've never felt like that before. And I've never felt like that since. It was bizarre. And then I came back and Kaylee was super happy with it. Everybody that watched it was like, it's the best thing we've ever seen you do. Um, so like that for me, that moment of just going, well, hang on, maybe I know what I'm doing. Maybe I will be able to hang with these guys was like the best thing. Awesome. But at the time I definitely had no right being in there with Kaylee Ray, like <laughs> no right at all. Um, and you mentioned uh, fourth generation wrestling. Yeah. Uh, you're there quite a bit. Yes. Um, do some matches and you also valet for Brady? I do, yeah. I really like OGW, it's great. Um, I've had a couple for the women's title with Alexis Falcon and Shanna. Um, I'm hoping that they'll they'll have me and Brady back. 
as a tag team or on our own, whatever mm -hmm. they see fit. But yeah, it's a great place to work. It's probably, you know, in my top three places to work. Do really like it there. They've got a great little setup. Um, the the guys that they book regularly, sort of your JJ Barkers, Joe Nelson, they're my favourite people to be around backstage. So it's always a great atmosphere there. And the mm -hmm. crowd's always good. Um, sort of a, a family friendly show. And they're the best because that's where the children all hate me. And that's what I want in life is for children to hate me. <laughs> well, I can tell you you've succeeded. Yes. <laughs> well, we're getting to a stage where Brady's worse than I am. Like, he's becoming more of, you know, a bit of a dickhead than I am. So maybe I've had a bad influence on him. Okay, maybe. Um, I was going to ask you about, um, so like working with Brady and stuff. Um, how does that dynamic work? Like, um... So I think it was, I think it was Southside that I first saw you both do a match together. Yeah, so we started together uh, working together at Elevation. Right. Um, it was sort of a uh, trial and error there to see if it worked, um, what sort of chemistry we had. You know, we obviously have great chemistry backstage, but do we have chemistry um, out there? So we started at Elevation, and Ben Old from Southside came to see us. Um, I'd worked for Southside before in singles stuff uh, in the women's division and Brady was working regularly for Southside. So Ben came to see us with Sarah um, to sort of see what was going on. He liked it. Um, I think Sarah described me as trappy, which I'm told is like mouthy and right. you know. So she said, I really like you because you're trappy. So I think that's a compliment in this scenario. Um, so Ben sort of agreed to pause on shows um, together as a couple. Um, we started on Southside by trapping Joan Nelson's neck in a chair. Lovely. And stomping on it. So that was good. Good stuff. I love Joan Nelson just for future, like, you know. <laughs> but we did stomp on his neck in the chair. Um, so, yeah, so we've been working together regularly at Southside, like you say, for GW. Um, we would love to get more together because. Our chemistry seems to be working. Yeah, you are like the mo the two most obnoxious people. You know, like, right? when, you, when you work together. <laughs> yeah, not just when we work together. In general, we are the two most obnoxious people. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, our, our characters seem to fit well together. Um, we've sort of worked out, um, you know, how to best annoy people, shall we say, and cheat mm -hmm. our way to the victory. Okay. Um, but yeah. Good stuff. Well, I say good stuff. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> terrible, isn't it, really? Um, I have another fan question, which kind of fits in at the minute. Um, there's a lot of questions about you shouting at people. I, I've got to admit. I don't think that's yeah. true. I don't remember so, that happening. Adam Westwood would like to know, why, when you come out, do you always shout at him? On the music desk, yeah. is this one? I don't remember shouting at him, if I'm honest. <laughs> But maybe that says more about me than it does him, because that sounds likely. I did shower him once, I think, to play Candy Floss's music, I think, at a breed show, because it went quiet and I was on the stage and I was like, play the music now, play it, play it. That's the only time I remember actually shouting at him. But I may have shouted at him to make to play my music louder, possibly. Right. I don't know what he's talking about, you know? I, I can't confirm nor deny that I did that. Sounds like something I would. Mm -hmm. I think he's making up lies, to be honest. <laughs> to try and get me in trouble. 
Um, and then, along the same sort of lines, um, Lucy Openshaw oh God. would like to know what's your problem. What's my problem with Lucy Openshaw is that she sticks her nose in my business all the time. All the time. And you listen to her ring announcement, she's got an attitude. And then, like, I've done nothing to that girl. I've been absolutely lovely, delightful, welcoming, and she rocks up with this attitude, and she's not happy when I win. You know, everyone, all the crowd are cheering and adoring me, and Lucy Openshaw's sat there with the face on. And I don't know what I've done to her to deserve that. Not like Do not know. holding a hostage in the ring. I, I don't remember that happening. Okay. I can't, I can't, you know, one can prove that that happened. <laughs> While we're here, we should probably mention that Lucy is running a show um, on the 3rd of November. Is that right? Yeah. Charity show. Look, 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 see, I've preempted it before. And she's so horrible to me, and I'm even putting her show over. So it's on you Sunday. You can't read my writing. I can't read. I've not got my glasses on. Oh, okay. Sunday the 3rd of November at the Fairfield Social Club in Manchester. It starts at 4pm. Uh, you can give her Twitter stuff. I'm not being that nice to her. Okay. So if you want to follow Lucy on Twitter to find out more information about this, uh, it is at MS Lucy Openshaw, and you can hashtag fight the good fight. I'm going to force her to put me on that show. Okay. Because she owes me one for being so horrible. Right? Yeah, if you say so. So she does. So I'm going to force her to. Right. And she can say sorry for being so horrible to me <laughs> in front of everyone. <laughs> and in future, when she's ring announcing that I've won, I want to hear some oomph in her voice. There is a little bit of disappointment there, isn't there? I believe a gif was made of Lucy's disappointment <laughs> face at announcing that I'd won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope that's true. And for the record, if I did kidnap her, which is possible, <laughs> I would have been lovely about it and I was just giving her a little cuddle, you know, make sure she was okay. Is it like when a child like just squeezes a little cute dog too tight? Yeah. I was worried for her, you know, you never know who's gonna come to that ring and, and attack Lucy, so I was just making sure protecting her. Right. That's all it was. Cool, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so yeah let's talk a little bit about Breed um, you've been a bit of a dick there haven't you I don't <laughs> possibly a small little bit um, yeah how, how are you finding wrestling at Breed I love Breed I absolutely love it don't tell Mitch Okay. but I do I mean he's probably going to listen Ugh. I hate you Mitch <laughs> you suck um, yeah, it's, it's a great place to be. Um, I know they, they they harp on about their PMA all the time. I'm probably the one ruining that, but um, it is. Everyone backstage is great. It's given me a chance to meet people that I never would have, mm -hmm. you know, in in the normal circles that are traveling. Uh, so all the Irish guys are great. Um, I love wrestling there. The crowd, like you say, they hate me, and that's all I really want is everyone to hate me. Um, Mitch has given me some decent matches, like wrestling the Irish girls. You know that that possibly would never have happened, so that's great. Um, even sort of getting the the newer guys in, like Evelyn, it's a good chance to sort of try some other stuff and work with someone less experienced. Um, and obviously, we're working towards the cave, and that's just incredible. 
That is a maniac's idea, isn't it? Yeah. It's fantastic. Absolutely. But... <laughs> I'm going to wrestle in a cave. Oh! <laughs> it's going to be cold, though. I keep harping on about this, but I don't like the cold. And someone tweeted me saying, you know it's 9 to 10 degrees. And I was like, what? Yeah, but that's like in the summer, that it's 9 to 10 degrees. <sighs> and as it gets colder, it's going to be colder. So we need to do the cave, like, now, because... Yeah. I said to him, I better have a private heated dressing room backstage. I'm the champion. Such a diva. Yeah, like, <laughs> I do not like being cold. Like, I don't like being cold. I don't like being tired. I don't like being hungry. But being cold is, like, the one. If I'm cold, like, someone is getting their head stomped on that day <laughs> because I will be in the worst mood. So, you know, everyone take your jumpers and whatnot. And watch for me <laughs> being the most miserable human alive. Um, yeah, a cave. Yeah, cave. Um, who has been your favourite person to wrestle at Breed? My favourite match that I had was with Debbie Keitel and Raven Creed. Um, it was at the City Hall, which is pretty cool for me, mm-hmm. as being from Sheffield to wrestle there. Um, never wrestled either of them, never met either of them, and I just think we had a really sort of solid match. Um, the point of it was to make Raven look like a superstar, and I think me and Debbie did that. Um, I had the little interaction with Shax, which obviously led on to the various things that me and Shax have done in Breed. One of the matches that I did really enjoy was with Tonga. Okay. Um, again, never met Tonga up until that time. Never really even seen much of her wrestle, so didn't know what to expect. Um, it was just easy. We we got on really well. Um, I'd like to do it again at Breed. I think it was... Now we sort of got that first... Sometimes the first one you do can be not awkward but you sort of like sussing each other out mm-hmm. and I think now we've done that I think if we moved on and had another we could we could really put something special together um, but every, everything I've done at Breed I've loved like I've not ever come out of a Breed show thinking well I heard that I don't want to do that again mm-hmm. it's always been good some better than others but you know I've had some decent stuff there fair enough um, you mentioned the match at the City Hall um, I had a question, and I haven't written it down. Pretty sure you read it earlier, though. But I can't remember who it's by. Oh, let me think about is it. Is it about wrestling Raven Creed? It is, yes. I is it about, about the nunny? It. it is, yes. It was from Sam. Right, there we go. Um, that's because he, he private the... messaged me. And I, Did he? I haven't written it down, that's why. He, uh, he's the guy that does all the promos and stuff, is mm-hmm. Sam. Um... So I think I believe his question was how did it feel when Raven Creed kicked me in the nunny twice? That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. like death is what it felt like. <laughs> it was awful. Before she was like, "Yeah, do this," and it's a low blow, but obviously it's not legal because you're a woman. And I was like, "Yeah, cool, sounds great." And at the time it was fine. So there was one where she sort of pops me up and sticks her knee out, and I sort of land on it. And the other one was. I was set up in sort of shattered dreams position mm-hmm. by Debbie and, and Raven just ran in and kicked me. And at the time, you know, it, was, it is what it is, it was fine. But for the next four weeks, four, it was painful. Like, bruised. I didn't even know it was possible for that place to be bruised. Try explaining that to your other half. <laughs> Try explaining that. Like, look, I'm sorry about this, but Raven, Raven Creed kicked me in the nunny. I think Sam just likes that story because he likes the word nunny. And oh, he's right. since told me that his girlfriend's banned him from saying it because he right. said it too much. 
So, I think he just asked that question because he wanted an excuse to get that word in again. Okay. But yeah, death is what it felt like. Okay. I'm glad she didn't do it again on Saturday because I was worried that it was going to be another four weeks of that. (laughs) And I used to horse ride, okay? So you can imagine, like, you know, some painful things have happened there, but none quite like that. I'd rather nobody kicked me in the nunny again. Hey everybody, just want to take a quick break from the podcast and tell you about a great show that's coming your way on Sunday the 3rd of November. It's going to be a wrestling event at the Fairfield Social Club in Manchester and it starts at 4pm. It's going to be a charity show which is going to include Big Guns Joe and Clint Margera along with a whole host of other great wrestlers. Uh, And you can find out more information about that if you follow MS Lucy Openshaw on Twitter. Um, Or you can hashtag Fight the Good Fight. Um, It's for two great charities, the first being Manchester Mind and the second one being Papyrus, P-A-P-Y-R-U-S. So check those guys out and, uh, you know, follow and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I'll just run over the details one more time. So it's it's a wrestling event called Fight the Good Fight on Sunday the 3rd of November at 4pm at the Fairfield Social Club in Manchester. Grab your tickets at Ringside World. Uh, Have you ever had any sort of like really bad injuries through wrestling or anything? Touch wood, nothing major. Um, actually, when I won the woman, Women of Steel Championship, I strained my elbow. Not my elbow, not my elbow at all, my shoulder. Nothing to do with my elbow. My shoulder. It's close. Uh, yeah. The, it was the next day I couldn't move. I, I was worried it was something a lot worse. I couldn't move. And not, there was not a point in the match when I, I think I did it. Um, it had been sort of niggly for a few weeks, um, and I think that was just sort of the final straw. Um, I was only out for two weeks. It was nothing major. The, they said six weeks, but they said after two weeks, I'm not going to cause any more damage. So that to me <laughs> was like, yeah, go ahead, go and do what you want. Um, but yeah, that was painful. Um, I had various sports massages and stuff to fix it, but luckily enough, that's that's the only sort of Mm-hmm. thing that stopped me if you like I get bruised like a peach all the time all the time um, and I, I look like I've been beaten up and you can see people in the streets looking at me like what's wrong with you <laughs> do you need some help <laughs> and I'm like no I just bruise like a peach but yeah my shoulder's probably the worst thing I've done um, and I'm going to blame Mitch for that as well because okay. you know breed his fault right um, so Mitch has asked two questions today. Right. Uh, I'm going to ask his second one because it's kind of relevant to what we're talking about at the minute. I'll ask his first one later on. Okay. Uh, the second one is, can he have his belt back? <laughs> <laughs> Mitch can have his belt back when Mitch finds someone good enough to beat me for it. Because so far, he's done a really terrible job at that. So if he can find someone to beat me, then yeah, he can have the belt back. But until said point, it is staying in my bedroom. Okay. Pride of place. I mean, that's that's the purpose of wrestling, isn't it? For someone to beat someone else for a championship. Yeah. 
how we get to beating someone is, you know, irrelevant. At the end of the day, whoever wins, wins. And I won that belt fair and square. Was it? Yep. Okay. Mitch made the match. <laughs> and I won. You know? Yeah, fair enough. Mitch's choice. I gave him the option. And he picked make a match for the belt. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> I, I, I vaguely remember it. It was nothing to do with Lucio Pichot. You know, it was all Mitch's fault. Um, so, next question, uh, and this comes from James Hughes. I can't even read my own writing. <laughs> How did you expect me to read so, it? Yeah. Uh, James Hughes would like to know, who is your next opponent and who did you look up to as a wrestler? Who, who do I want to be my next opponent, no, or who, who is, is my next, next opponent? opponent? Um, I mean, I guess that depends on where you're going, doesn't it? So, I don't really know what's happening at Elevation and if I have to wrestle. If I don't have to wrestle at Elevation, it is the Merseyside Mercenary Squad in a tag team for the Iron Fist tag team titles. That's the first ever champions will be crowned that is uh dan evans and scott oberman okay from tnt fame i believe i could be wrong mm. don't quote me on that uh fighting spirit fighting spirit not tnt fighting spirit um we have wrestled them before in a triple threat tag team match yes with them it was them uh me and ruby and next wave five which is Killian Jacobs and Joey Scott. So we did wrestle them before, we won. So fingers crossed. Next time you see me, I might have another shiny title belt. Mm, okay. But yeah, that's at Iron Fist Wrestling on the 21st of September in Eversham, I think. That's I how think. you pronounce it, yeah. I don't know, it's, it, I'm sure it's there. I'm certain it's there. Okay. Yeah, but that's, that's the next one. And what was the other question? Um, who do you look up to? As a wrestler, <laughs> everyone, because you're quite short. <laughs> That's not true, I'm average height for a okay. woman. Um, I probably get slated for this because I do always. Um, but, and I, know what the and, and I know is. you're going to hate it, um, but the person I look up to the most is Nikki Bella. It always has been. I, I, there's just something about, and I know people will argue with me and say, eh, it's because of John Cena. But whether you think she got anywhere because of John Cena or various other things, you can't deny the change in her in-ring work from when she first started to when she left. Like, she's had to put some work in to get to where she's got to, and she's had to sort of... She's had to live with the fact that she was going out with John Cena. You know, she's had to try and change people's perception of her. And she didn't win everyone over, she never was going to. But the fact that rather than just going along with it and going, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get what I can out of this relationship, she actually did go away and put the effort in. Um, I just love everything about her. And I, and I know I'll get hate for it, but I actually don't care because I have a six-foot standee of uh, Nikki Bella in my spare room at the minute, which Sam Kenny donated to me. It's great. Um, and, yeah, like I just love everything about her. And I'm sorry, everyone will hate me for it, but... I, I don't think that's anything to apologise for. Like, you said that I'd probably give you grief. I don't care. You like who you like, don't you? Right. Like, not... I will stick up for the Bellas in any situation. Not, uh, you know? yeah. They, I, I think as well, at a time when 
So I watched wrestling from being a young age. So, I, you know, I remember Trish and Lita and various, you know. But then I stopped watching it. And there's a period of time when I didn't watch it. Mm -hmm. And when I came back to it, the Bellas were sort of their peak, if you like. And they kept me interested, you know. Like, the twin magic stuff is cool. Me and Ruby did it. Didn't work. Unsurprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> well, like... <laughs> Turns out we've got our names written on our kickpad covers, so it didn't work. That's one thing. <laughs> and yeah, various other reasons, but yeah. Um, and and as I came back, like they were doing cool, inventive stuff that no one had ever done before. And as a younger girl, I liked that. It's good. I think it's good to have someone female to look to. Like I, I don't think I ever really had like a female person that I looked up to other than my mum obviously because she's the greatest human alive you know like I never had a celebrity if you like that I was I didn't understand that when I was younger with the Trish and the Leas I get it now but at the time I didn't get it so mm. then when I was at an age when I was like maybe I could do this look at what Nikki Bella's doing like people told her she couldn't and now she can that to me was that was cool because mm -hmm. really in wrestling like um You've got the WC, the two big sort of companies, like, way back when, yeah. with WCW and WWE. And there was no real good representation of women's wrestling, no. was there? Until, I mean, like you said, like, Trish Stratus and Lita may have been the start of it, but they were still getting... Oh, yeah, they still do. Did the not not great things. Doing, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, Bella's was probably the first time that it was actual wrestling yeah. and proper wrestling yeah. and was given actual storylines and stuff that's it it's the storylines and that's what drew me into wrestling like you say Trish and Lita but I didn't I didn't get it back then because I was too young to sort of mm -hmm. understand what what was going on I just enjoyed it for what it was um, I always thought Lita was cool like I wanted to be Lita like if I was pretend wrestling I'd have Lita's entrance music so I, I got that that was cool but I didn't get that maybe I could go and do this and then when I saw the Bellas that's what made me go, oh, hang on. Somebody else has, like, worked at this, so maybe I can work it and I can do that. I just sort of thought, like, look at Trish Stratus and Lita. Like, they're so beautiful. They just... I can't I can't be that. I'm not this sort of big blonde supermodel or, like, the cool tomboy. And then it was like, oh, hang on. These ordinary girls who are astonishingly good-looking, don't get me wrong. But, you know, they sort of worked towards something and got given the TV time and the the fun storylines it's all about the storylines yeah I mean like going back to you liking uh, Nikki Bella and me saying it doesn't matter who you like you like who you like my favourite wrestler when I was growing up was the Ultimate Warrior <laughs> not a technical classic guy is no. it you know what I mean no um, but it was just because he was just this maniac that ran yeah. around and it's like you as long as you enjoy it who gives a shit yeah we always talk about like the, the the way you sort of see things when you're younger to now is different as well so when I was younger and I still I love the ultimate warrior <laughs> that's fair you know everyone does but you but I imagine you like him for nostalgia for, yeah. you know that's that's what it was um, but like I always think about William Regal I hated William Regal like hated him I was like, why is this guy here? You know, he's from Britain as well. Like, he's given a bad perception of us. I hate him, I can't stand him. And now I look back at that, especially as a heel, and I'm like, that is incredible. Like, everything he did was perfect. Mm -hmm. But as a, as a kid, a kid who was sort of like, didn't understand like what is actually happening, I was still sort of like, surrounded by the magic of wrestling. I hated that guy, absolutely hated him. 
Brass knocks. What a dick. <laughs> He's done it again. Whereas now, oh, that's smart. Some of the stuff he does, he's smart. I think he's great. But back then, as a child, mm-mm. No, thank you, William Regal. <laughs> um, so what was your first, like, sort of memory of wrestling? I used to play on the games before I watched wrestling. Right. And <laughs> the reason I got into wrestling, or started watching wrestling, this is quite a sad story when I think about it, but it's also quite funny, my best friend at primary school was really tall and the boys used to call her Big Show okay. and I didn't know what, the, what a Big Show was so I asked and they were like, he's a wrestler and then my next door neighbour used to have the games and we played on there and I was like, it's the Big Show, like cool I know what the Big Show is now and then it was on TV and Big Show was on so my first memories of WWE are Big Show because my friends used to torment my other friend for being tall. So, like, I remember... And I remember, like, Big Show with Ponytail, like, old school Big Show. Like Paul White. Yeah. Type, yeah. So, like, I can't I can't really remember storylines and stuff. I can't remember what the first sort of things I watched. Um, but Big Show was what dragged me in. How funny is that, Big Show? That's, that's, it's not an odd one, but it's, it's, not, a, it's not a popular yeah. choice. So yeah. my first like memory of really sort of understanding wrestling and what was going on was the invasion angle. I legit thought I was going to wake up and WWE would be gone. I, honestly, as a kid, I was like, what are we going to do on like a Friday and Saturday night? Because we'd stay up and watch Raw and SmackDown. What are mm-hmm. we going to do? It's going to be gone. And I don't want to watch WCW because I didn't watch WCW, so I didn't understand it. And I was like, I don't want to watch that. And I was like, that's the first thing, that's the first story. And I know people slag it off because it was, wasn't done right mm-hmm. or whatever they want to say. But again, as a kid, like, I thought it was great. Yeah. Because that that dragged me in and I believed that we were going to wake up to a world where... Because I didn't know that Vince McMahon had bought WCW and I didn't realise, you know, like, they don't really hate each other. They're, it's his <laughs> children. <laughs> you know? As a kid, I didn't get that. But that's the first storyline that I remember and being sort of invested in being like mom I can't go to school yet I need to find out if WWE have gone or not <laughs> <laughs> obviously they haven't you idiot go to school yeah, um, yeah so um, with you say you've been doing wrestling for four years yeah yeah so from when you started to now have you seen like a massive change in the independent scene or independency, and I'll say that properly. It's difficult to tell because I, uh, in your first sort of first two years, maybe you're just finding your feet. Um, so it feels totally different to me. But it, does it feel totally different because I'm in a different place? Mm-hmm. Um, I think women's wrestling as a whole is, is progressing. Definitely, that feels like we get more respect now and more time. Um, there's always there's often there's more than one women's match on a card now there never was four years ago um, but I mean obviously the introduction of um, NXT UK like that's a huge thing mm-hmm. you know never when I started did I think that I was ever going to be anywhere near that being able to get to that sort of place um, and now like I've got peers that, that are there so that that's been huge. No, you can't deny it. Um, 
I would say that's the, the biggest change is how far you can go with wrestling. It can be a job now. Mm-hmm. Did I think it could ever be a job back then? Probably not. I mean, people were doing it, but they were like really talented people. Yeah. Now there's a chance that pretty much any of us could could get there if you put the work in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you work quite hard. You work like quite a few different promotions. Mm. Um, what are some of your favourite ones to wrestle at? Um, I love Southside. It's a shame, obviously, you know that Ben's selling up on whatever. I understand his reasons, but Southside was great to work at. Um, 4GW, I love. Uh, they're sort of my favourite ones. Um, I do like the sort of the smaller shows as well. Like, you know, it's nice to work the bigger shows, but it is you know the smaller ones are also good. Elevation is always great. Um, if you don't know much about Elevation, it's run by Joseph Connors. He is one of the most creative people I've ever met in my life. So it is, and I come back to what I was saying about storylines, like it's a small training school promotion with incredible storylines. So like that's great. Um, I'll always be happy to go back to EBW because you know, it's where I started. It's where all my friends are. I want to see everyone moving on. Uh, and, but my favorite breed, I don't want to say this to Mitch, but my favorite <laughs> breed, you know, um, it's just, it's just fun. Everyone there's great. And we're wrestling in a cave. <laughs> like, what? We're wrestling in a cave. It's mad. Um, there, like, there's nowhere I work because I think, oh, I can't be bothered to go there. You know, I don't mm. want to do that. Um, everywhere's got something different. But it's nice to sort of work my way up, I suppose. And with you being like sort of a, a heel character, you've got to feed off of like reactions mm. and stuff. Um, obviously, you get big reaction at Breed <laughs> quite a lot of booing yeah so I'm, so I'm um, told I don't really hear it uh, and they've done different size shows so like City Hall and Picture House and then the smaller shows at Hex yeah. um, but then you've worked like uh, what's it called in Leeds Tidal I can't believe we've not spoken about Tidal well, I love Tidal I'm, I'm trying to think of the place what's the place called uh, Temple of Boom Temple of Boom that's it yeah so you went to Temple of Boom which is just a tiny little room yeah and everyone's like really close up um, and you've done other shows where the crowd's a little bit further away. Yeah. Um, how do you get the reaction from people? And can you feel a difference between the audiences in a smaller and bigger places? Yeah, yeah, you can sort of tell. I try and, li- if I'm not on first, try and listen to sort of what's gone on throughout the show. So sort of what what are they reacting to? Um, Tidal is... I'm so sorry, Ian, that I didn't mention Tidal before because it is like one of my absolute favourite places to work because everybody is so close to you. And then you've got uh, people like the Graps and Claps podcast guys that never shut up singing <laughs> stupid songs. But, like, you know, it does create a great atmosphere. Um, and when people are that close to you, it's, it's difficult for me to say because I'm so noisy. But I know people that maybe are less vocal will get more of a reaction somewhere like Tidal where people people are closer because maybe they don't feel they have to project themselves as much if you like. I don't have that problem because I'm very loud. I don't have an inside voice. Um, but it's, it's about reading the crowd. 
family crowds are obviously very different it's very easy to get a reaction from a child because you could just call them stupid or something whereas sort of maybe your more mature crowds need a more mature uh, method if you like of, of dragging something out of them except the graps and claps guys who are not mature and do not take much <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so it's just about reading you know the crowd and, and seeing how they react testing some things out and and i find like if you get something from them you know if you get some heckling or something you can kind of play off that and because that's obviously them being involved the more mm-hmm. you can involve people the better uh, my favorite thing to do is to pick one person in the crowd be that a child or a more mature person and just stare at them at certain points during the match do you ever do something horrible mm-hmm. i'll just stare at them i've probably done it to you like i feel like you are someone that i would see in the crowd if like Possibly. today it's you Possibly. <laughs> and just stare at them while, been I'm, a few while I'm cheating moments. yeah right <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's, like that's what i want to do is make you feel as uncomfortable as possible <laughs> yeah so it's just it, it's it's difficult to say because you can have a small venue like Temple of Boom, where the crowd are more mature, um, but and then you can have bigger venues where you've got a family crowd. So it it's about reading the type of people that are in the crowd and where you are and what you can get away with, that sort of thing. And then sometimes the crowd just sing Spice Girls at you. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. It ruined my entire match because I, I just <laughs> lost. I was like... What is happening? <laughs> they said it so quickly. It was it was fantastic. Like they were singing the song before I'd even realised what I'd said and what they were saying back to me, and I was like, "What?" And then when I realised, I looked at Jia across the ring, and I was like, "That's it." Like, what? <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna I'm very good at keeping a straight face, but in that situation, I was like, "I do not want to give you any credit for what you've just done," but I was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you all for it, but. Um, and that leads on to my next question has anyone actually managed to break you to the point of you've laughed because I know you do the thing where you like walk up to the ring announcer or you try and intimidate the referee or that sort of stuff as you know these people is there a bit of banter when you know Um, has anyone broke you from your your there's two times two times first one is referee Paz Okay. So referee Paz and Rob Maltman at Southside have made it their mission to try and make me laugh when I have the bat in my mouth. Rob Maltman is terrible at it. Paz is is great. So I'm not telling you what Paz whispered in my ear. It's a word that I don't like and I'm not saying it because it's disgusting. And he just came up to me and whispered this word in my ear. But I was sort of not really paying attention i'd just done the whole like backing them into the corner with the bat thing and wandered off like brady was the other side so i was going to him and paz came like across the ring and whispered something in my ear <laughs> and like he shocked me so much because he was like in my ear in the first place that i nearly like swung around and hit him with the bat as well because it was still in my mouth and like that was that was bad and like i have to give him point for that so we count points and he got a point for that um and the other person is referee okay i don't know if you were there the day I lost my EBW belt to Georgie. I was not. Okay. So we did like a little thing in the match where um, I was throwing my paddy like I always do because 
chairs. Lee had told me not to do something, so I'm going to do a chair. And then Lee absolutely loses his cool with me and starts screaming at me. Like, full on, like, screaming in my face, spitting in my face, like, going mental at me. And he, he didn't break. I thought he was going to break. And I was staring at him and I was like, this is incredible. Like, it's so, it, it worked the exact way I wanted it to. But Lee was absolutely incredible. He was so good at what I asked him to. And I turned, I had to turn away from him. Like, I was giggling my socks off because he was just perfect. It was so good. <laughs> but referee is getting much better at it. What did he do to me the other Oh, when I was, um, it was Breed, actually, when I wrestled Shax. So I take the, uh, I give Shax the bat and I'm laid on the floor. And Lee's going, I know what you're doing. I'm not stupid. Like, I've seen Eddie Guerrero do it. I'm not stupid. And then in his Scottish accent, he shouts, Nah, you didn't, eh? You didn't, eh? And I was like, I hate you. So I'm laid on the floor, like, looking up at him, shaking my head, like, just give me a minute. So Referee and Paz are the two that... They they get me nearly every time now. Okay. But Rob Maltman's terrible at it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, do you have an idea before you go into the match? Some of the stuff you're going to say because you're quite vocal throughout your matches, and like if you like um, reference points was the Debbie Kaitel and the Raven Creed match, and then the Raven Creed match at the last show. Um, there was a point in the first match where you decided to get out of the ring and you're just like, no, not doing it. I'm mm. going to let them do it. Do you like think about this sort of stuff before you go in? Or does it just come to you and you, you think, I'm going to go and do that? And then in the second show, the one we fought Raven Creed last week, um, the bit where you just decide to leave and you, you do this like sort of cry thing... <laughs> was my favourite thing I've seen in quite a long time. And I think you did it in both matches where you're just like, they're both picking on me. <laughs> no, it just happens. Right. Like, I, I'll have sort of a general idea of how certain spots might fit into a match and how the crowd might react. But I find it easier to, to not plan that sort of thing. Same when I'm doing sort of an in-ring <clears> promo. <throat> um, again, I'll have a general idea of this is the story I need to tell and this is where I need to get to. But... I think if you plan things to the T, you can't react to the crowd and, and sort of what is is getting over, if you like. Um, I don't even remember what you're talking about in the, the cry that I did. Was it when I rolled out and got the belt or something? I, I can't really remember. It might have been... Oh, it wasn't the Raven Creed match. I apologise. It was the... Oh, I can't remember the guy's name. With his carpet... Pants. Oh, take me first. When you you decided to roll out the ring, you were like, "I've got to fight Raven Creed later." <laughs> no, and that's it... that was legit. Like, I I do have to fight Raven Creed later. <laughs> I'm done with this. And yeah, I just enjoyed it. I thought it was quite funny. You sort of get just dissolve into this character. Like, <laughs> this is I forget what I would say and what Ivy would say just happens. Maybe I'm more like her than I want to admit, and it's just me, but. Yeah, I try not to plan anything because I think it's just easier to react on on what's being said mm -hmm. by the crowd and and you know some crowds will like something you say and another crowd might not. So yeah, I try I try not to. Well, I find it wildly entertaining. 
I keep getting in trouble for being funny, though. Brady keeps telling me off. <laughs> he's like, you're heel, stop being funny. And I'm like, it's just natural. I can't help it. I'm a comedian. He's like, you're not. You're an idiot. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he told me off for um, when I wrestled Shaq. You were there then last yeah. time. And uh, on the outside, it was referee, actually. He said, are you okay? And I go, no. And he and everyone laughed. And he went mad at me for that. He was like, you're not, you're not supposed to be funny. You're supposed to be this mean heel. I was like, I wasn't trying to be funny. Like, I wasn't okay. Like, she chopped <laughs> me in the back. You know? I wasn't trying to be funny. I was being honest. No, Lee, I'm not okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't see it as, like, trying to be funny when you do stuff like that. I think it's part of the character, like, it's part of um, just being a little bit obnoxious. Yeah. I think that's what it yeah. is. It was, like, the beginning of the match with Shax, where she walked in, you just went, that hat doesn't even fit you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like... It doesn't fit, though. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's a tiny hat. Um, but, yeah, it's just being a dick. Yeah. Uh, for the sake of it. <laughs> for the sake of it. <laughs> it's just my personality now, you know. Um, going on to titles and winning belts or stealing belts. Stealing belts. Um, cheating to win belts. I didn't cheat. Know. I won fair and square. Thank All that you. sort of stuff. Um, what has been your favourite belt to win, and when you heard you were getting that, well, getting any belt. Um, what was your reaction? Um, my favourite one to win was the Elite British Wrestling Women's Championship. Um, it was it was inaugural, so they didn't have a belt before. Um, I didn't know I was winning it until the day. Um, so there was sort of that anticipation of... I think there was four of us in it. Yeah, there was four. Ruby was in the match, actually. Not with me. There was four of us in there. It was me, Ruby... Georgie Archer and Lexi Olivia um, so no, none of us knew leading up to it who who was winning um, and then when I got there and sort of my name was underlined on the match card it was it's nice to know that your training school will put that much faith in you and say you know here's sort of a payoff for your hard work um, it's you know they can no one can ever take that away from me I'll always be the first ever champion so that's pretty cool mm-hmm. um with the the women of steel belt um mitch says that he told me i was winning it that day but mitch tells me a million things a week so i'm not convinced he did tell me so i got there and i'd asked him some questions about what he wanted from the promo that i was doing that day and uh i said yes so you want me to say you've got to put me back in the tournament and he was like no for the the belt i was like yeah yeah, the tournament for the belt and he's like no you're winning the belt and i'm like what and he was like, I've told you this. I was like, you definitely haven't. I'd remember you telling me I was winning the belt today. And he still says that he told me that. We definitely didn't. Um, so, like, and in fact, the other, I, there was another belt that I had for TNT Explosive Wrestling. And I didn't know I was winning that till the day either. So I've never had that, like, build-up of the stress of thinking this match needs to be cool because I'm winning the belt on that day. Um, so, like, that probably helps, actually, that... I don't have that pressure. But, yeah. Oh, maybe promoters don't trust me and they just don't want to tell me <laughs> till the day. But, yeah, the EBW one was special. Um, and the second time that I won it um, with current champion is uh, with Ruby. So we're now the co-elite British wrestling women's champion. Such which... a... <laughs> 
it's pretty cool like for me and Ruby to do something like that for for them to again say we we trust you girls to mm -hmm. sort of to do this and they put they put the shows they put the faith in me on my own and then when I said okay I, I want to do this thing with my tag partner can we bring her in because Ruby didn't initially train at EBW she does now but she didn't initially um so for them to put that faith in in me both those times is, is pretty cool cool um how do you oh, i'll ask another question about a belt um anthony jones asked can he have a picture with the belt because the day they were doing the pictures with the belt he wasn't there um and he's put if the answer is no he's gonna steal it i'd like to see him try <laughs> Ask Mitch how well he did at getting that belt back. <laughs> uh, and no, he cannot put his grubby little fingers on my title belt. I replied to that on um, Facebook when he asked, and I just said, why don't you just wait till someone nice wins it? No, it's mine forever. <laughs> no one nice is winning it. because uh, Plus, I'm nice. <laughs> I just realised what's happened there. Yeah. I'm nice. Delightful human. Yes, if you say so. <laughs> Um, going back to training then, um, to stay on top of like being good at wrestling, you've obviously got average. to train <laughs> a little bit, little bit better than average. Um, no, to stay on top of what you're doing, you've obviously got to keep training. Um, are you still training at the same places? Do you go to different, um, do you go to different schools to train different ways or? Um, so I train at EBW weekly, um, any show that I'm at, I will try and get in the ring before. Um, I spend a lot of time with Ligero, who is great at what he does and will sort of give me advice. Like after every, I pretty much send him every match if he's not there and like tell me what to do, like what was good, what was bad. Um, I spend a lot of time with Joseph Connors, obviously at Elevation, so I get a lot of advice from them. Brady's incredible, like his mind for wrestling is is perfect um he is very similar sort of thoughts to me so anytime i can sort of get those three to to watch something give me hints and tips um i don't get around to as many training schools as i want to um i'd love to go other places but i have a stupid full-time job um so ebw is real convenient for me i say to Legero that i'll go to grapple all the time uh, so that's a name and um i want to go to ngw at some point in Batley so it's all places we aim to get to me and Ruby say every week let's go to NGW and then something inevitably comes up on a Tuesday and then we're like <laughs> okay we'll go next week and then like something always comes up um so I try I'm conscious that training is super super important I know that and when you first start and you know up until the day you you stop you will have people saying to you to get better you need to go train as many places as you can and they are not wrong but that's why I try and take advantage of the, the people I've got around me as much as I can and uh, sort of get in the ring before the, the shows with people that maybe I don't see very often. Um, when you do sort of, um, I've done a couple of camp shows for 4GW, mm -hmm. we'll have like some time before uh, once the ring's all set up and stuff. So I've done a couple of bits with them as well, which is always cool to throw Joe Nelson around. It's a treat. Poor Joe. Not poor Joe. Yeah, poor Joe. Not poor Joe. He deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and does it help fighting like wrestling, should I say, uh, other people? Like, um, 
obviously you said you'd never wrestled the Irish girls before and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, um, massively. Does it help when you wrestle new people, should I say, not yeah, other people, new absolutely. people? You can't, I'm a big believer in that you can't learn anything staying in the same place. Like, your training school can teach you so much, but if you wrestle the same people constantly, you know their stuff, you know what you need to do, like, you, you can't create you can only create so many storylines you know you can probably recycle some and move them around but until you go out there and and, and try something new you you can only learn so much um everyone's trained in a different way as well um i think wrestling is it's all about uh perception so you can be told one thing by one person but it doesn't necessarily mean it's right I always I use this example all the time and anyone that's heard me talk will be like god she's telling that story again but I once did a match it was for breed and Chris Ridgway was there and Leguero was there and they both gave me feedback on a match and they gave me conflicting feedback like completely conflicting feedback now both those guys are incredible at what they do like Liggs is great, Ridgeway is great, they're very different, but both incredible wrestlers. So who am I to say which one of those was correct? You know, it's all about perception and, and who thinks, one person will think one way and another will think another. And it's about you sort of finding your own place in that and deciding how you want to be as a wrestler. But if you're not willing to get someone else's view on it, or you hang around with the same people that have all been trained the same way as you, like how can you progress and make yourself better? So if I will ask anybody that's watched my match, like, what did you think? I don't care how long you've been training, who you train for, who who are you? I will go and ask, what did you think? Is there anything you think? Because then it's up to you if you you decide to take on what they've said to you. I mean, like in that situation, I took some of what Chris said and some of what Liggs said and put them together and made my mashup of it. You know, mm-hmm. someone might watch that and go, I hate that. I don't want to wrestle that way, but that's fine. But you can't get better unless you wrestle people better than you, people not as experienced as you. There's all different sort of things that you need to sort of mash up to find yourself. Okay. That was a great That's answer. a good answer. That was there. a really I'm good I'm real answer. passionate about that. That's why, like, I say it to people at EBW all the time. You can learn so much doing the EBW shows, and that's great. But we'll get to a certain point where you've wrestled me a thousand times and you know exactly what I'm going to do, it's better for you if you wrestle someone you don't know. And that's why it's great when the training schools bring people in and give them that sort of that opportunity and then hopefully they can progress. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got a couple more questions on this piece of paper. Uh, Adam Rag has asked, are there any women you'd like to come to breed to challenge you for the title I don't want anyone to challenge me <laughs> um, one people sorry go on. I'm going to change that question a tiny bit go on. and just ask is there anyone you'd like to wrestle on the indie scene that's um, around now yeah I'm desperate to wrestle Kanji so me and Kanji spent a lot of time with one another we've been in ver- we've done a tag match um, with Brady and Martin Kirby which was great we had such a good time really good um, and then any other time we've been scheduled to wrestle, she gets injured. I don't know if she's doing it on purpose. Like, she really doesn't want to wrestle me or something. Oh, sounds, sounds like, yeah. Sounds <laughs> well, like, oh, no, I've, I've stubbed my toe today. That's it, yeah. <laughs> she messages me every time, like, I'm so sorry. But um, I spend a lot of time with Kanji at Southside, uh, and she's she's incredible. Like, she's someone I would always want backstage at a show. And I just think we could we could do something special. 
um, has she's just great. She's absolutely incredible. I would love to to do a match with her, a singles match. Um, and I do keep nagging at every single promoter that there ever is to be like, book me and Kanji, please. So hopefully somebody somewhere, please, will listen. <laughs> um, the other person I really want to wrestle is Casey Owens. Um, when I wrestled Kaylee, actually, I was scheduled to wrestle Casey, and Casey got injured and had to pull out. And ever since then, I've been sort of. Don't get me wrong, Kaylee was more than an adequate replacement. I was very happy with that, but I've always wanted to wrestle Casey. Like, she, you know, along with the other girls, the the Scottish girls that are in WWE, like she was another one that was there all the time. And every time I watch her, her stuff just looks great. I'd love to wrestle Casey Owens. Okay. Anyone um, else? I mean, you can open it up because, like, you like you said earlier, you like doing the interagenda stuff. Is there any guys you want to beat up? Joe Nelson. <laughs> I've been horrible to him, haven't I? This podcast. Um, I owe him a slap because this one time he ducked out of a slap that I gave him and he was like, I don't want you to slap me. So I was like, I'm having, I'm going to get you, I'm going to slap you. I was thinking about this, there was someone else. Who was the other person? Oh, um, Holly Dead. Okay. I really want to wrestle Holly Dead. Um, I've only seen her live like one time and that was at Tidal. Um, and I just watching us. She was Shazza McKenzie and was it Rio? I think it was Rio. Um, and they had a great match. Um, I just thought like her style, we would gel really well. Um, Character-wise, like she's perfect for the sort of thing that I would do. She's actually at Iron Fist, I believe, with me next week. Right. So I might sneaky be like, oh, I've got an idea. We should <laughs> wrestle. I think she'd fit in well at Breed actually if Mitch could get hold of her. Um, she's someone who just seems to start um, branching out a little bit. She at the show at Tidal on the 29th? So yes, a, I think a, she possibly is. Is, is, it the the 20, is it the 29th or is it the, the weekday one? No, the 18th the weekday one. I think she's at that one. And then the 29th is the one at the end of the month, obviously. I've got a feeling she's not so on that the one. So week, it's the weekday one. I think so. I could look, but we're recording on my phone. I'm I'm ninety percent certain it's the weekday one because I remember seeing it and thinking, "Why don't you book me on that day, Ian?" <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's that one. Right. Um. Yeah. So if anyone could book that, that'd be cool. I really want to wrestle Rio as well. Uh, a great person. Really like Rio. See her a lot. Tidal. So I just think. She's another person with a, a similar attitude to you you and the crowd. Nah. <laughs> but do you know what, as a person, she's lovely and really nice. <laughs> Danny Luna. I want to wrestle Danny Luna. Because she seems to be sort of, like, out there at the minute. Like, she's just blown up. Um, so I just want to... I have no idea who that is. You do. I don't. She wrestles in progress at the minute. She really? had a WWE tryout with I the last I've progress for, for a while. Uh, yeah, she's just started in uh, in progress. Uh, she did the Schadenfreude. She did the um, one count match with Chris Brooks. No. No. <laughs> Following that indie scene, I see. I I watch what I like. <laughs> <laughs> Look up Daniel Luna. Uh, the thing is with the the Schadenfreude thing, um, I can't really get to it. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, and it's like I want to go to um, the one in Liverpool. TNT. Yeah. Yeah, that looks incredible. I won't go to that, but yeah. usually they're like on a Thursday night and I don't mm-hmm. finish till half five. Yeah, it starts at half here, six. Yeah. 
So like, it's, it's issues of getting to different places yeah. and there's only so much on-demand stuff you can buy. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Having a job, eh? Damn it. Mm. Yeah, it feels, yeah. Um, is there any promotions you've not worked for yet that you want to? TNT, that'd be good. Um, Attack and uh, Riptide. They're the sort of three that, that pique my interest. You know, they're, they're mm. doing cool stuff. Um, you see bits on social media. The Riptide show that they did outside looked absolutely amazing. It was so good. I mean, I bet they were all boiling and I definitely would have got sunburned, but, you know, um, they're the sort of three that, that pique my interest a lot. Um, they just look really well produced and like, the storylines, again, are great. I love the way Riptide's filmed. Like, I love watching their stuff. It's just It's just something different. Real cool. Awesome. And last fan question. Again, in air quotes. I don't know if you can class him as a fan. He probably hates you. He's asked for his belt back. Um, <laughs> Mitch has asked, is there anyone from the past and anyone from the present in WWE you'd like to have a match with? Well... I mean, the obvious one... I'm not I'm not going to say Nikki Bella because she's the obvious one and I feel like I'd rather answer the question with other people than someone I've already suggested. But in, if we're doing an overall Nikki Bella, she's the one. Present, probably Charlotte. You pulling a face at me like that was a bad answer. No. I just I was think... just surprised. Really? Who did you think I was going to say? I thought you might say someone who's a bit more... Fast paced. Yeah. As a wrestler, yeah. Do you Charlotte's... think I'm fast paced? No. But <laughs> it's an opposite then, isn't it? Yeah, maybe oh thanks. Um I but just you're not like I you, can't know, be. you can you can move around when you want to. <laughs> when you someone just, forces me to you just choose to move your mouth a little bit more. <laughs> hey, that's more tiring than running around sometimes. <laughs> like sometimes I shout and I'm like, I need a break now. <laughs> Give me two minutes. Um mainly because she came into NXT and she was awful, to be honest. Like, she was terrible. And it was a bit like, oh, you know, she's Ric Flair's daughter. She's there by proxy. And then all of a sudden, she just came out of nowhere and she's just this, like, monster. She's good at everything. Like, she's good at selling. She's good at, like, a storyline. Like, the way she portrays herself. Like, everything. And the wrestling's great. You know, the rest... She's doing innovative stuff without being ridiculous um I, I just think everything she does is incredible uh, every time i watch a match with her i'm like this is it's different um but it's still uh, she's got me invested in what she's doing i think I, I admire a lot of women that have worked and got somewhere and you can see that sort of change in them and and you can see they've really really put that effort in um, I think Charlotte's someone that put a lot of effort in to understand what she was doing and why she was doing it. And that's cool. Um, from the past, Victoria. Okay. I just think she's great. I think she's great because she's horrible. Right. And like, I watch her stuff and I want to copy her stuff. <laughs> Try not to obviously, but look at like, damn, I wish I'd thought of that. Like, that's cool. Um, she was just different for that time. She's another person that sticks out to me from that era of being this sort of, you know, she had the uh, tattoo as her entrance music and she came out and she was a bit crazy and a bit sort of 
unpredictable. Um, and then she was just doing stuff that other people weren't at the time. She was, she was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw she was like doing her retirement year this year. I'm devastated that no one's brought her over. I think I asked everyone again, like, <laughs> Jury should bring over. <laughs> I definitely put me to the like, not re- you're not wrestling her. Like, why? Um, so yeah, I think definitely Victoria. Okay. Who's have you met anyone like WWE wise who you didn't think you would meet, if you know what I mean? Anyone, like literally anyone. I didn't think I'd meet any of them. Like, what am I doing here? No, but like, have you, <laughs> what? I, I don't know if I've worded that properly. Like, I don't know. Do you, if you've gone to like a convention or someone like that, or you've someone's come over and like Bob Holly wrestled at Southside and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Have you met anyone who thought like got a bit starstruck? I guess. Drew Galloway once trapped me. Drew McIntyre, as he is now, trapped me in a toilet by accident. Okay. Um, so this was my first ever like indie show I'd ever been to. It was Let's Start a Riot Phoenix Events. And the main event was Drew Galloway, as he was then, um, with his ICW title versus Joey D. And anyone that's been around Drew would tell you he's the tallest man alive. Like, he's so tall. And I went to the toilet and uh, in this tiny... It's what is Hex now, or, you know, it, when it was Queen Social Club. Tiny working men's club and I come out of the toilet and Drew is stood in front of the door and I don't know what to do <laughs> so I'm like <laughs> oh my god Drew McIntyre stood there like what do I do with his belt so I'm like tapping him he's not he didn't feel me so I was just like Drew Drew <laughs> no clue I was stood there for like five minutes trying to get Drew's attention <laughs> and then eventually someone was like this girl's trying to get past you and he was so apologetic. He's like, oh my God, sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, go, 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 go. I was just like, hi, Drew. I love you, Drew. <laughs> like, like, such a little gook. Um, so yeah, that that's a good story. They trapped me in there. Um, someone that was really nice is Melina. She was so lovely to me. Um, sort of giving me the motivational speech of, you know, your stuff's really cool. I love your character. Carry on. Don't let anyone ever tell you to stop. Don't take a break. Do you do what you need to do? Don't let anyone tell you that you should be having kids and blah blah blah. You do what you want to do. And I was like, that's cool. And she was, she made the effort to come and speak to me and mm-hmm. went around everyone. And I know she's, um, she comes over for Southside a lot, so she obviously knows a lot of people. But I'd never met her until that day, and she was like my best friend. She was, she was really nice, really great. Um, she was a very pleasant surprise, considering some of the stories that come out of WWE. And what went on there that she she was great really nice cool watching Tajiri pour a pint for himself was also great I beg your pardon yeah right so <laughs> you've been Stephen age at Southside right uh yeah the big place so as you walk in there's like um bars uh almost like temporary bars if you like so they obviously come out for the events and after everyone had gone out Tajiri still in full gear walks to the bar poured himself a pint and then was just sat there behind the bar and you could see like the staff looking at him like what do we do <laughs> i was like you don't do anything because that is tajiri you <laughs> let him drink that pint and you leave him over there and he did he just sat there with his pint and i was like that was great <laughs> the staff did not know what to do but i enjoyed it <laughs> awesome um so i'm gonna throw a few names at you okay 
and you just have to tell me but the first thing that comes into your head okay uh you can do this as yourself or your character if you want if it feels more comfortable okay <laughs> turns his name you're gonna say um so we'll start with the poor lad that's been bullied the entire episode uh joe nelson <laughs> do you want a one word answer or you okay? can say whatever you want i adore joe nelson he knows do he is like mine and brady's child <laughs> like if i go i think it's because we spend that we run a lot of shows together so i see him pretty much every week so if i haven't seen him for a show i'm like where have you been what's been happening um he would be in my list of people i would want backstage at every show he's great and he has got talent for miles I, he's so talented everything he does is just perfect he will go far Someone it is to watch. mental that he's so young as well yeah and he's i forget that good. he's so mature for his age it's unreal i forget i was talking to mitch about it the other day about him being under 18 and various licenses you need and whatever and i was like no he's 18 he's like no he's 17. <laughs> but then when joe said to me that he was learning to drive i was like you're not old enough to drive <laughs> so he can't win bless him um but he is so good okay um let's go with Ligera. Um, he is someone who gives me more advice than anyone. Um, he's always there to... We're very similar the way we approach a match and sort of uh, thinking behind it. Um, so I would say probably out of anyone that I've ever had any interaction with in wrestling, he's the one that's given me the most advice, um, sort of useful advice, if you like. Um, he will it doesn't matter who you are if you go and ask him for some feedback or if you go and ask him his opinion on something he will give it to you he's so passionate about what he does there was never any chance he was ever going to be anything other than what he is and he was always going to get to where he is now mm -hmm. um i have a lot of time for Lagera. a lot of time okay um raven creed scary as fuck <laughs> you didn't want to swear I know but she deserves a swear <laughs> nah she's great um, really supportive like through the whole planning of the match and whatever um, she she's full of ideas as well you know you can say I've got an idea for this spot and she'll tell you like 10 different ways to get into it um, she is very knowledgeable nice nice girl in, mm -hmm. behind the terrifying persona <laughs> <laughs> um, big guns Joe Big guns, what a guy <laughs> Big Guns is. Um, I love him again. He's he's fantastic. Um deserves everything that he's got coming to him at the minute. He works super, super hard. Um I saw that he was having like um promo lessons the other day. Like how committed is he that he's he's doing that kind of thing? Seeing that reaction for him at Breed was amazing. Did you get to see that or yeah. did you just watch the videos? Yeah, yeah. So I, I was backstage um peeking through. <laughs> um, like obviously, knew me and Mitch had discussed it before, and I knew it was coming. And I was like, "This will be perfect. It'll work." I've seen him work face. He worked face at Tidal once, and he got a great reaction. So I knew, you know, he can make that gimmick work however he wants it to. Mm -hmm. Big, big future for him. Uh, Blake, <laughs> the other member of Team Hench. Well, when he's not spearing me. <laughs> He is um, super underrated for his knowledge. Like, again, you can go to him and ask for advice and he's got 
tons of sort of thoughts and opinions and always wants to help the younger guys out if you like the less experienced guys uh he he could do a lot um i know he's doing sort of agent in for wrestlegate which i think is a perfect role for blake great wrestler don't get me wrong but like the agent in stuff he's perfect for so if he can get a mixture of both of them i think that's really good for him okay um ruby best person in the world (laughs) she's incredible i have the best time with her she's my best friend you know i spend a lot of my time with my best friend and i couldn't ask for anyone better that was emotional okay um, Lucy Openshaw talked about her earlier. A Massive bit. dickhead. <laughs> Stop swearing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, she's she's great. Nice girl. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what she can do with the ring announcing stuff. She's come leaps and bounds since I first met her. Even like her confidence as a person, not just ring announcing. She's like a different person when I see her these days, and she is very positive deserves the world but don't tell her I said that okay. I'm still going to be horrible to her <laughs> <laughs> and lastly Rampage Brown oh Rampage <laughs> Brown he oh he's so good <laughs> oh my god he's so good every time I watch him I just think I'm going to quit wrestling because I'm never going to be that good he he's just oh I don't I, I can't even explain to you how good he is He's, like, this huge guy, and he understands, like, he's a huge guy, and he plays that so well. But then every now and again, he just whips out these, like, drop kicks out of nowhere, and he's got this speed, and he's got this intensity about him, and he's everything I want to be in a wrestler. He's the best in the UK, easily, no competition. And when I saw him chop TK Cooper, (laughs) I thought his soul had left his body. That is the loudest chop I've ever heard. And then when I found out Brady was wrestling him, I was like, you're going to die. I'm going to say bye to you now. But if you if you ask him, like, they're his favourite matches. He, he he only ever wanted to wrestle Rampage. Right. And then he got, like, two in a month. And he's been a lot happier since then, actually. Like, maybe <laughs> I should be upset that Rampage Brown makes him happier than me. Well. Well. Yeah. But... Yeah, Rampage. You knew what I was going to say because I love him. Yeah. Really nice guy as well. That was the best thing when I met Rampage. Like, I thought he was incredible. And then I met him and I spent some time with him and he's super nice. And so respectful and knowledgeable and he's just great. Everyone should be more like Rampage Brown. Okay. So, I finish most of my interviews with this last question okay it's never gone wrong oh god yet oh god this could be the time it goes wrong I'm nervous this is your time to say whatever you want if I haven't asked anything that you want to say we'll do all the social medias at the end after you've asked this question Um, but if you have if I haven't asked anything that you want to say or get across or whatever if you just want to put yourself over at any point or whatever or you just want to like big yourself up you can do that you can say anything you want in this okay. little time frame okay I mean I don't think we should talk about it enough but I think we should talk about the cave okay <laughs> <laughs> no like it was it was 
the worst feeling when the cave got postponed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awful. It was awful to, as much as I hate him, to speak to Mitch about it and see how much it affected him, how much it affected all the wrestlers that were looking forward to it. Um, and I just want to make sure or, or suggest that people come and support Breed and come and support what they're doing with the cave show because it's um, taken a lot of effort and a lot of um, difficult time, shall we say, for the people that are running Breed, the people involved in Breed, and they deserve the best of everything. Like Mitch is my favourite promoter. You know, he he respects all of us. He makes sure that we're all getting what we need. He's always, you know, willing to listen to ideas. And and if you if you go to Mitch and you say, Nah, Mitch, I don't think that makes sense. He'll listen to you. He's not just like, Nope, this is what we're doing. It's tough. Like he'll listen to everything you've got to say. He deserves for that show to be a success. He deserves for it to be a success, and every single person on there deserves for it. They've all worked super super hard. So like anyone that can get to the cave it's wrestling in a cave like you're not going to go to wrestling in a cave again it'll be cold but you know get yourself down to the cave um come and see i i know what's going on like there's some pretty special stuff going to be on there like get yourself there and if anybody did put the complaint in and that was a that wasn't a genuine complaint then i hope you are ashamed and embarrassed of yourself I'm. I. I want to believe it. It was a genuine complaint, yeah. and if it was, you know, it was. I. I can understand. They held their hands up and said, "We did something. We didn't get the license that we needed." So you know, in the end, that turned out, and, and as people should have, what they need to do. Mm-hmm. But if that wasn't a genuine complaint, I hope that person is aware of the hurt that they caused the people involved in that situation, mm-hmm. but that we won't stop. And I'm still going to be the champion when we leave the cave. <laughs> Sorry, Mitch. Okay. Um, yeah, I I haven't done a podcast since the cave got cancelled, so I haven't really been to say what I thought about it. And I've not really put that much on social media about it either. Um, because I tried to think... I, I was angry, mm. like, straight away when I got told. And I was like... I was actually doing music practice, because, you know, in a band, famous, you know. Sure, pal. <laughs> Played like three shows um, to about five people. Ah, that's um, five more than none. <laughs> um, yeah, so I read my phone. We immediately just stopped practice and had a moan. Um, but yeah, you've not owned whoever, like, whether it was genuine or not genuine or whatever, um, they've not just affected the company. And if that's what they were trying to do, um, you've kind of just made the company stronger. Absolutely. Because Saturday Absolutely. was insane, fucking right? Fucking smashed it. Insane. <laughs> um, Every match on the card. And it's kind of like um, if a promoter annoys like a, an independent band and they're angry before they go on stage. <laughs> they always have such a better game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you lot all just came out on Saturday and smashed every minute of it. Yeah. Nothing was bad. It was fantastic from start to finish. So, yeah, if that was the intention, that's not worked. But what you have done is you've put a load of wrestlers out of pocket, mm-hmm. which is bullshit, mm-hmm. and you've upset a load of fans. Yeah. And, yeah, just... Like you said, be ashamed of yourself. And Breed will carry on smashing it. And I know Mitch was real down at the time that it happened. 
and it was awful and it was hard but I just kept saying to him look look at what you've built you know like they can they can try and do this as much as they want but they won't change anything and if anything it's made like you say the rest is more determined to go right okay let's crack on with it and we'll smash this out of the park mm-hmm. so just I, I love Gene Money's speech I didn't hear I knew Gene was doing it but I didn't hear it no so I'm looking forward to watching that oh it's amazing that was quality he's real passionate about that sort of stuff though Um, yeah so it's been a good interview I've enjoyed myself listening to you speak for once you know I've enjoyed (laughs) listening to you talk it never happens (laughs) (laughs) Um, would you like to tell people where they can find you on social media oh god Um, so Instagram and Twitter I am Ivy underscore wrestler um, there is a Facebook page which again is Ivy Wrestler um, next upcoming stuff is um, Elevation this Friday the what's the 13th oh Friday the 13th in New Bald Virgin um, following weekend is Iron Fist Wrestling in Eversham and I think then I'm going on holiday woo and then the weekend after that is um, at Tidal mm-hmm. in a All Bats Are Legal match. What? Yeah. Roughly translated, sounds like Pretty Little Killers get hit with their own baseball bats. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Okay. I don't know how that's going to work. Looking Have forward. Have you your Twitter out? I didn't hear you do that. Yeah, Twitter and Instagram. Both oh, okay. Ivy. Ivy underscore wrestler. Follow me. And on Babyface. I'm on Babyface too. Yes, you are. Interview on there as well, aren't there? Yeah. Get you. That was real cool of them. I enjoyed that. I was real happy with that. Like, I can't believe they picked me. I was like, what? <laughs> and they picked me after that match with Shax where I was mouthy as fuck as well. And then I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's been good. All right. Um... I'd say you're welcome back any time, but I've got to be mean to you at least once, so just piss off. <laughs> Thanks. Nah, I'm only messing. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the episode today. Um, I had a great time recording the interview, uh, and what a delight Ivy was, and I never thought I'd say that. Uh, just want to say, again, thanks for listening. Um, if you do want to check out any of the other podcasts, there's another 11 of them in the back catalogue. Definitely check those out. Um, and yeah, follow uh, Ivy as she said on at under, uh, Ivy underscore wrestler on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow this podcast, there's going to be more wrestling interviews, more music interviews. Uh, we're going to have some interviews with some comedians and things like that. Uh, so you can check out our Twitter page at Wrestling with Pod. And uh, yeah, have a good time, whatever you're doing, and uh, definitely support independent wrestling thanks for listening guys like and subscribe on all your podcast places and uh yeah catch you next episode